When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Hello, everyone. Welcome to a Friday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Dan Lobby with Mary Kate Cabot and Ashley Bastock. We are doing this kind of old old school. I've got my recorder. We're sitting outside at the Browns facility, uh, our makeshift media room here at one end of the practice field. You can hear airplanes, birds, all sorts of things here. The Browns, of course, holding rookie minicamp, uh, their first open practice of rookie minicamp this afternoon that we got to take a look at. I mean, let, let's just start there, Mary Kate. I guess, give us our first topic. What stood out to you? The first topic, I think, was one that I'm going to be writing about. And, you know, I I think we all wanted to see what Dewan Jones was going to look like in person. We wanted to see if he was going to look enormous, like a human orca, the way that Andrew Barry had described him. Uh, He is 6'8", 374 pounds, and I will say that he looked really big out there. (laughs) He really did look big. But he was sort of the talk of the day in a way because uh, in addition to looking big, and I thought his feet looked really good at times, I really did. I thought that he moved well the way that they said he would at times, but he also struggled out there. He just wasn't really in shape. He wasn't really ready for this. I don't think it's anything to be concerned about. It's rookie minicamp. They know these guys aren't coming in in shape and ready to go and finish products but he did kind of you know have an uneven day uh you know some of us actually saw him throw up um and you know he just wasn't handling it all that well so I think it was a learning experience for him I think you know maybe he won't be able to recover in time for this rookie minicamp to be the best experience of his life but I think it's a learning experience for him yeah and you know, it was not to completely spin this, but it was it was warm today during mm-hmm. practice, and you know, anytime it starts to get warm for the mm-hmm. first time and you go work out, you you kind of feel that. And I thought Luke Whipler said something interesting today. Like the last couple weeks, he's said he's been kind of bored. Like he just kind of works out and studies stuff, and now he's starting to get back into back into this. That draft process is so different. So I'm I'm kind of with you, Mary. I don't think there's like cause for alarm at this point, but you know, you. I guess you didn't want to see. You didn't want to see him kind of look a little bit out of shape and, and have that happen. But Ashley, the just seeing him in person and standing next to him, it certainly lived up to the hype. Yeah, and like we obviously can't report on anything we overhear while they're out on the field. But like I was standing with Mary Kay and we were watching like Bill Callahan coach him up one on one essentially, and like it's just really kind of hit home for me. Like we talk about Bill Callahan all the time, right? How he's like one of the best position coaches in the league. He's one of the most respected position coaches in the league. Um, He obviously has the 
background that a lot of position coaches don't have. He's a former head coach. He's obviously very respected in that room. And just to kind of see the finer things and the things that he was pinpointing for Dewan to like change up and work on and seeing those changes kind of happen in real time, even if like Dewan was feeling the, the long afternoon a little bit and the heat, like it kind of just goes to show how I think key it is that he is working with that particular coach in that particular room and what a guy like that can do for a player's development, even in like a short two-hour session that we're going to see in rookie mini camp. Yeah, and we've talked about it too, Mary Kay, just having, you know, eventually, you know, Wyatt Teller's going to show up and Joel Batonio's going to show up and Jed Wills and Jack Conklin and Nick Harris and, and all these Ethan Posich, they're all going to show up and, and it's going to be part of their kind of jobs to like hey this is how you this is how you're a pro this is what this means now that this is your job and this is what you have to do to take care of your body and this is you know they're they're sort of they kind of get to I don't know rebuild's not the word but they kind of get to build Dewan Jones into what they want him to be over these next couple of years the nutritionists strength and conditioning they're all going to have their hands on kind of building this guy into the player they want him to be so what we see on a Friday of rookie minicamp that's just the start it really is and he probably could not have landed in a better situation for himself he doesn't have to get pressed into service right away They've got Jed Wills at left tackle for the foreseeable future. They've got Jack Conklin at right tackle for the foreseeable future. He is under no pressure whatsoever. He also is a little bit of a flyer in the fourth round. If he works out, fine. If he doesn't work out, that's okay too. If they hit, they'll hit big, literally. If they don't hit it, it's no great loss. And if anybody can get anything out of this young man, it's going to be Bill Callahan. And as you're mentioning, it's going to be Wyatt Teller kicking his butt a little bit and Joel Batonio kicking his butt a little bit and Joe Thomas, uh, you know, swooping in and telling him some things, especially in a really cool Hall of Fame induction year for Joe Thomas. He'll be imparting some of his wisdom along the way. Um, so he, he landed in a great situation and all he has to do is do the work. And I, I think he's going to be willing to do that work. I, I think he will be willing to do the work. We have to remember, he still is 21 years old. He's 21 years old. That is really, really young. You'll find out, Dan, when your son turns <laughs> 21, just how young that really is. But it's young. Yeah, um, it is. <laughs> when you think about like what they put on these guys' plates at such a young age, it's, it's really difficult. And that's, um, that's part of why this weekend is so important, that they get to kind of go through this without veterans. They get to kind of experience what those meetings are like. And Kevin joked today that you know, he likes rookie minicamp because the guys show up and their notebooks are open and they're early and they're eager and they're ready to learn. But um, it is, it's just different when this is your full-time job. Like, it's a great job but it's just different when football is your job and it's not just an extracurricular or a hobby or something like that. You have a lot of people depending on you being successful, and that, Ashley, is where some of these veterans can kind of guide him and show him the way, and he can kind of see, oh, this is how Joe Thomas worked. This is how Joel Batoni did. He can just see these examples in his own room. Yeah, and, like, it's funny to kind of talk about another rookie. Like, Cedric Tillman got basically asked that question today about has it, you know, kind of hit home for you yet that this is a job, that you're not just, like, playing football and, you know, and having to go to class, too. And 
Cedric like kind of had to think about it for a minute and it <laughs> sounded like it hadn't quite hit him yet. And Dwan didn't get asked the same question today, but you know, I do think that that to me just kind of illustrates that these guys maybe haven't even realized that yet and fully like realized, I guess, what that means day to day coming in here. So I definitely think I've said this before. This is the best room on this team for somebody like Dewan Jones to be entering, not just because of the coach, but because of the veterans that are in that room and guys who've just been in Cleveland for a while now, too. Okay, let's talk about Cedric Tillman. Uh, you mentioned him, Ashley. Mary Carr, first look at, at him. Again, a guy you're looking at that size, right? You want to see how big he is. You want to see how smooth he is on the field. Does he at least catch the football? Um, things like that. I thought what we saw from Cedric Tillman today was fine. Yes, it was exactly what we expected to see from Cedric Tillman, right? I mean, he looked the part physically. He looked like that big, muscular receiver that they were kind of going for there. The 6'3", 215, he looks to be in great shape. Speaking of shape, he looks like he's in excellent, excellent shape. Um, and he, he looked the part. He completely 100% passed the eyeball test. I thought he did a really nice job in drills. He was catching the football from his high school quarterback, <laughs> Dorian Thompson Robinson. What a great way to start uh, your NFL career by going back to uh, your glory days from winning national championships and uh, state championships in Las Vegas. So, um, yeah, he looked. I thought he looked really good. Um, again. As we have mentioned, he is not the fastest, most explosive guy. That's not why they got him. He gets good separation. He's point of attack. He's good hands. He's a lot of different things. He's not a burner. They have other guys to do that. I think he's perfect for the role they're looking for. And there's not pressure on him to be like that number two or number three guy right away, Ashley. He can be, he can, he doesn't have to play immediately. Now, I do think he has to play at some point this year. He has to eventually be, whether it's that number three outside receiver, maybe he does win the number two job at some point. I don't know. I do think he has to help them at some point this year, but it doesn't necessarily have to happen week one. Right, and it's like they have veteran options, obviously returning, like you have Amari Cooper, you have Elijah Moore now, you have Donovan Peoples-Jones, you have Marquise Goodwin, like who <laughs> offers something different, right? But I do still think, like, and I wonder, you know, for him – there is still this element of, okay, Cleveland is bringing in all of these different types of receivers because it's all about seeing what is going to work best and who is going to work best in this offense with Deshaun Watson and who's going to be best in different situations. So you're right. Like, I do think there is a nice blend of, oh, like, I don't have to come in and be the number one stud receiver right away. But there is still an opportunity for him here and, like, an opportunity for him to play meaningful snaps this year if, like, he is able to develop a chemistry with Deshaun. Now, obviously, that's not going to happen this week when he has Dorian Thompson-Robinson throwing him the football. But it is just something to, like, I think remember as we get into OTAs, training camp, all those things. So let's talk about Dorian Thompson-Robinson, too. Um, we're focusing a lot on the offense today because that's who we talked to beforehand Frankly, it's just easier to look at the offensive side in these settings. Defense, they're, they got trash cans lined up, and they're working against trash cans. It's a little harder to kind of really break down what we're seeing on the defensive side. Uh, so, But today was a very offensive-focused day. So Mary Kay, Dorian Thompson, Robinson, we've been out here before when this team either hasn't had a, a rookie quarterback on the roster or when they have had a what turned out to be a bad rookie quarterback on the, on the roster – 
I think it, it was interesting to see like a legit guy there. Like this is a guy that they want to develop, that they're committed to, that they want to grow. I, th- I thought he looked pretty good. I mean, as far as rookie quarterback play at a rookie minicamp goes, I thought it looked good today. You know, sometimes a rookie quarterback will come into camp having started 15 games in his <laughs> college career, or in some cases, even less than that. But I think it does show up a little bit when a guy has played a lot of football and started a lot of games. They just have that muscle memory. They have the mental memory. They've got everything that they need uh, to play the game, and it doesn't phase them. The game has slowed down for them a little bit. And I, I do think having started for five years at you know a major college, UCLA, I, you know, I think that I think that's meaningful. I, you know, he does look the part and, you know, the moment didn't look too big for him. You know, we'll see what it looks like when he gets out here with Deshaun Watson and with Joshua Dobbs and those guys. But, you know, he just looked like he was kind of ready to be here. He didn't look overwhelmed or anything like that. The ball came out nicely. He throws a nice ball. Um, You know, he looked athletic. He looked agile. He was putting the ball on the money when he needed to. I mean, it's rookie camp, so you can't glean too much, but just, you know, first impressions I think are meaningful. I really do. I think first impressions are meaningful, and I think he made a good one. And what you don't want is bad first impressions. I'd rather a guy have, I'd rather look at it and be like, yeah, it's just working minicamp, so what does it mean? But at least it looked good mm-hmm. than to make a bad, like have drops, have, have him overthrowing guys. Have, you know, it's just bad rookie minicamp impressions do and, and can mean something long term about a player. Was it Dorian who was talking about like going back to school that extra year mm-hmm. and learning how to pay bills and yes. like stuff that like that? Point. Yeah. So, I mean, Ashley, this is a guy that sort of has been, we just talked about this being your job. This is yeah. a guy that sort of tr- has treated this like a job before. Yeah, and I think the maturity factor with him, not just the number of games he played at UCLA, but like his age. He's a little bit older. He's 23. Like we know these, this regime doesn't typically go for guys who are in that age range. But I, so I think when one comes in who is like <laughs> mature and obviously I think being in that quarterback role, you have to have that maturity maybe earlier than some guys in other positions. Like it, it is kind of stark to have a guy like that come in compared to especially like some of the, the guys who have been younger the last few years and do have to learn what it means to be in the NFL and have this be your job. So I definitely think that is one other thing that's that's interesting with bringing him into this room and, and what he can provide in, in the backup role. And the other thing about him is I got a chance to talk to him for a little bit. Hopefully I'll be able to write the story pretty soon. Um, but I did uh, talk to Cedric and Dorian at the same time um, about their high school relationship with each other at um, Bishop Gorman in Las Vegas. They're both from Las Vegas. They grew up 15 minutes apart from each other. They're great friends. They're funny together. And I'll tell you what, Dorian Thompson Robinson has an incredible personality. He's funny. He's charismatic. He's engaging. If he can ever make it at this level, he's going to be dynamite because he's kind of the total package. I mean, he is marketable. He's really, really a a cool guy. He was kind of preening for the camera a little bit for us when we were interviewing him. Um, He's, you can just tell he's enjoying the moment. You guys might've seen him interacting with teammates a little bit, or he was kind of goofing around over at the snack area. I mean, he just has uh, just a lot going on personality-wise, and that is going to be good for the quarterback room. I wrote a column 
uh, the day that uh, of the draft when they drafted him that Deshaun Watson has had some say in setting up the quarterback room. And he 100% is all about Dorian Thompson-Robinson. They're close friends. We all know what Joshua Dobbs is like. This is going to be one heck of a support system for Deshaun Watson in a season when I think he's going to really need it. These are some really cool guys. And I, I do wonder with him how, I mean, it's going to be hard for him to handle like that reality of I'm not starting anymore. Mm-hmm. Like I'm the backup. I'm not going to get as many reps in practice anymore. I'm not going to get like, I'm not going to get to start games. Like that's going to be a little bit of a, of a shock for him, I think, to kind of get used to that. And that, you know, I do wonder like two years into this, is he kind of like getting a little antsy? Like, Hey, I want to go have my, my shot to start somewhere. Does he make it through his four years, whatever. But, but that's also part of the gamble here with the Browns is you develop this young backup quarterback and maybe you can turn him into some draft capital down the road as well. It's as long as Deshaun Watson stays healthy. Um, so I, I'm, I'm curious to see sort of how he handles that here in, in the early stages of his career as he kind of has to maybe wait his turn to, to get that opportunity to start. Let's talk about a couple more things, um, kind of harkening back to the schedule. So we got to talk to Kevin Stefanski today. It's the only day we're going to get to talk to Kevin Stefanski out here this weekend. And he did confirm that they are going to stay in L.A. He said they're still working on plans, but he basically confirmed it. They're going to stay out in L.A. after that trip to Denver, Mary Kay. It makes sense. And just the more I think about this schedule, to cut down on that travel, you got that early bye week, which I think is just going to be brutal uh, as, as they kind of grind through this thing. Um, to, to, I think it's just a really smart thing for, for them to do. And it's not unique. Other teams have done it, but I just think it's a really smart thing for Kevin to think about and say, hey, we're going to go spend a week in L.A. And again, just more team bonding. Yes, absolutely. And the way that I wrote the story when I uh, wrote that today was that the early theme for 2023 is road trip, <laughs> road trip. That's what this season is all about. And there's a method to Kevin Stefanski's madness. This team needs to come together. When they come here to practice for training camp every single day, they don't have those opportunities for bonding. You don't really hang out with somebody until, you know, till it's lights out because a lot of them, some of them go to the hotels, some of them go back to their homes. I mean, it just doesn't have that you know, training camp dormy type feeling that you get in some other places. So he's trying to create that. So he's doing it at the Greenbrier for the first eight days of camp. Then they're going to spend time together in Philadelphia. Um, And then uh, this is another road trip for them, basically, to spend a week in L.A. Uh, You know, you have to learn how to handle yourself. You've got to be able to be an adult, be a professional, not get in trouble, make curfew, and do all the things that you need to do when there's distractions and all that kind of stuff. Um, But it's just another way to try to bring this team together and sort of accelerate that bonding process. And it's hard on your body to have to fly to Denver, back to Cleveland, out to L.A., back to Cleveland. That's hard on your body. And also, I don't know about either of you, when I'm in the, when I'm in like that time zone, the west, the Pacific, what is it, Pacific time? Mm-hmm. When I'm in Pacific time, I wake up at like five in the morning the first day I'm there and I can't go back to sleep. I just can't ever, it, it takes time to kind of acclimate to that. And that's even a little thing that um, they're going to be able to do, you know, staying in Denver and then they lose an hour going over to LA. But even that's just a little thing that I think is going to help them just acclimate and be able to go to LA and perform. 
Yeah, it could. And I mean, again, it was kind of like funny because Kevin Stefanski, I think when when people think of him and talking about the schedule, and I wrote this, this was the lead to my story about him talking about the schedule overall. Like, he's going to say it's one of those things we can't control, right? That they're going to play <laughs> the games as they come, so he's not going to spend time worrying about it and worrying about things like where the bye week falls. But, like, this is one small element of control that they can kind of take back with this schedule. And there's, to me, like, a lot of not ideal things or quirks about the schedule. I thought it was also interesting that he acknowledged how like unique it is to play your three division opponents in your first four games so I thought that was something but they can't control any of that they can control this bye week that falls in week five and not having the Thursday night game until week 17 but they can control staying out in LA and trying like you said Dan to get players acclimated to you know the time zone even however small of an advantage that may be the less travel however small of an advantage that may be it's still like a small advantage that you can have some semblance of control over yeah and maybe i mean i don't know how they'll do it maybe they don't fly out of denver sunday night maybe they wait till monday let the players get a good night's sleep that Mm -hmm. kind of doing that allows them that that kind of wiggle room with with the schedule so we'll be interested to see how that goes all right anything else before we go here did we miss anything um also we talked to luke whipler today um he's a former stand-up comedian he did two open mics yeah so we and we got that juggles any juggles yeah um now you know what i should invite luke whipler over to my house for dinner because yeah. i have a comedian and a circus see? artist in my Family, it's basically the same. Basically children. the same person. It really is. He played lacrosse. You <laughs> oh, have a son who played oh my lacrosse. God. We just hit the wow. trifecta. Yeah, he, he actually <laughs> sounds like this is like in minor league baseball when a family like adopts a player and they, they yes. bring him. You can adopt a Browns rookie. Yes, I'm going to get on that tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't cook, Luke, but yeah, that's all right. Uber Eats. I think we do that. If you adopt a Browns rookie, maybe like they bring a chef or (laughs) something. Or maybe you get like some of this Browns nutrition. I hope so. That would be great. We could use it. Get his smoothie every day that they give him when they walk in from practice. We we need it. Yeah. (laughs) All right. I think that's it. This is going to be kind of a short one. We're sitting outside. I'm feeling some raindrops. So uh, that is day one of Browns Rookie Minicamp. Uh, We'll be back next week with our normal kind of podcast schedule, some Hey Mary Kays, and do some different things as we start to gear up for OTAs uh, in a couple of weeks. So just get subscribed on the Orange and Brown Talk feed. Go back and listen to our schedule draft. That was a fun one uh, if you missed that. That was a nice long one to get you through your weekend if this one was too short for you. So uh, check that out and also become a Football Insider subscriber. Cleveland.com slash Browns the Blue Banner at the top of the page. For Mary Kay and Ashley, I'm Dan. Thanks for listening, everybody. 